The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Good, good afternoon, Raleigh. I'm Mirtha, and welcome to this special edition of Eye on the Triangle on WKNC FM Raleigh. It's March 12th, the time is 12.10, and on behalf of the team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Mirtha Donisturk. Like I said, my co-host Ian Grice is living it up in Miami right now on spring break. This week, our show is all about Election Day, this Tuesday, March 15th. And honestly, I don't care how you vote, just that you vote. So let's break down that ballot and look at what exactly we'll see when we step into the election booth. On today's show, we're going to look at two of the candidates for president, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Unfortunately, none of the Republican campaigns, not Kasich, Trump, Rubio, nor Cruz, responded to repeated requests for interviews. But if you want to know just exactly what former Attorney General Eric Holder and Secretary Clinton would do in the Situation Room, stay tuned. We'll also take a look at the $2 billion bond that's on the ballot and what exactly that would mean for NC State if it was passed. But first, let's start with the basics of voting, how to actually get in the election booth. This election is the first time IDs are required to cast a vote and it's honestly gotten a bit confusing for me. Being an out-of-state student, I don't have a North Carolina ID. So I stopped by the State Board of Elections and found out just exactly how I can exercise my constitutional right to vote. I'm Ted Fitzgerald. I'm the lead voter outreach specialist with the State Board of Elections. Okay, so anybody who votes in North Carolina can use a variety of identification. It doesn't necessarily require a North Carolina ID card. You can use a, a variety of federal ID cards, such as a passport or the passport card, also any type of military ID card. And that is not only for active military, but it also includes the uh, spouses of military, retired military, and also military dependents. So you may have students who are dependent military from out of state, and they can use their cards. If they're a member of a federally recognized tribe, they can use those cards to vote. And of course, they can use their out-of-state driver's license or DMV-issued identification card, but only within 90 days of registering to vote. You, know, the, the, you, have, you have an out-of-state ID, you don't have any of the other IDs, and you haven't had time to go to the DMV to get one, or you don't have transportation, or you just don't have time because of classes to, to do that, you have what's called a reasonable impediment. Now that's, that's the new part of the law that basically is a fail-safe for voters. It says basically you don't have an ID, and you've tried to get one or, or are unable to get one for any reasonable reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you, 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 you pick the reason, whatever it is, it's not going to be questioned or challenged. You're allowed to vote a provisional ballot mm -hmm. that will count if you can provide other forms of identification, non-photo IDs in the form of either 
showing a utility bill or a bank statement, something with your name and address on it. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and, and any, really any document from a government source would be fine. Mm -hmm. So it could be, uh, if, if you don't have a bank statement or a utility bill, you can show uh, something from the university, mm -hmm. for example, that would have your name and local address on it. Or you can show your voter registration card. Okay. Or if you don't have either of those two, you can simply show, uh, you can simply just tell the poll worker the last four digits of your social security number and your date of birth. And then that vote will be verified by that information. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come back to the Board of Elections and do anything else after that. Now students who want to vote on election day can vote, but they have to vote in their precinct. And this is very important for anybody who votes in North Carolina. During early voting, you can vote anywhere in the county that you want to at any early voting sites, but if you wait until Election Day, you need to go to your correct precinct. And you can find that information on your voter registration card. You can also find it on the website for either the Wake County Board of Elections or the State Board of Elections. Okay, when you, when you go to vote in a primary, if, if you are registered as a member of a party, a Democrat, Republican, or Libertarian, you are given the ballot for that party, and you would have all the races on that party, plus any of the unaffiliated races like judges and the uh, bond issue. Mm -hmm. And you, those are all on your ballot. Now, a lot of people are unaffiliated. They register unaffiliated. So if you register unaffiliated, you are asked for your choice of ballot, and you tell the election official which ballot you choose to vote that day. Okay. You can get an unaffiliated ballot, which just has judges, races, and the bond issue, mm -hmm. or you can get the party of your choice, the Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian. On Tuesday, the polling places are open from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Find your polling place at www.ncsbe.gov. The last box on your ballot on Tuesday will be a yes or no vote for a $2 billion bond, the Connect NC bond. The effort for the yes vote is being led by the governor's mansion along with a nonpartisan committee. I talked to one of the political consultants on this committee. I'm Brad Crone, and I'm president of Campaign Connections. We're a Democrat political consulting firm, been in Raleigh since 1991, 1984 with PAC. This bond is really trying to help the state infrastructure catch up with our growth rate. But we can't take a short-sighted view on the future of North Carolina. Uh, there will be a huge investment at NC State with uh, the Plant Science Building on Centennial Campus. And that's right around $98 million. The second investment around agribusiness and agriculture will be the development of the North Carolina Department of Agriculture uh, Food and Drug Administration Lab. And that'll be approximately $70 million. I think that's going to be out on the uh, Edwards Mill Road next to the Chief Medical Examiner's Office across from the PNC Arena. Uh, but those two facilities, the Plant Science Research and the Food and Drug Lab will be huge benefits that will be job drivers for the university, 
there will also be private sector job drivers. The impact for M NC State, the plant science building, is absolutely critical to North Carolina because agriculture remains in our state the number one economy driver, multi-billion dollar business, both from livestock and from plant sciences, whether it's tobacco or whether it's a grain, uh, or whether it's actual produce. So what happens is the research that is done at NC State through the plant science program translates into companies at Research Triangle Park. It drives jobs. This bond will harness the economic power of our university right here at NC State and create jobs not only within the university sector, but within the private sector. How, how can we afford it? So clearly from a fiscal standpoint, we have the capacity. It doesn't impact our AAA credit rating. And most importantly, there's no tax increase on this bond referendum. What if a project goes over budget? There would have to be a contingency fund by the institution, and the bond won't cover that. So there is absolutely uh, no wiggle room. So the construction management offices for your community colleges and your universities will be working to make sure that as a part of the contract that they have with the contractor, that they do not proceed over X amount of allocated funding. There's a question around the timing of this bond and McCrory's re-election campaign. Well, it's interesting. There's been a whole lot of hyperbole and a lot of angst from Democrats about uh, the governor using this as a policy platform for his re-election. And we, the Connect NC committee, the first day we met with the governor at the mansion, uh, he said, we're going to do what's right, and we're going to do, we're going to follow the law. And the State Board of Elections issued guidelines to us, and we have worked very uh, diligently to follow the letter and the spirit of the law that the State Board of Elections set forth on, on the bond committee. And uh, we have worked really hard to make sure that there is no coordination from the Connect NC committee with any candidate for office or any uh, elected official. And that was our mission from the get-go, and I feel very comfortable uh, that we have accomplished that. That has to be difficult, though, since McCrory is pushing for the bond, but he is clearly an elected official. And he is the honorary chairman of the committee. So, yeah, no, it, it has been one of the more interesting and difficult campaigns that I've done in 25 years here in North Carolina. I've worked on over 400 races, so I've been here doing this for a long time, and uh, this has been one of the more challenging races simply because of the firewalls that we had to set up uh, to make sure that we could advocate and communicate the reasons why the bond should be passed without coordinating at all with the principal author of the uh, of the bond. You can go to connect.nc.gov to learn more about the Connect NC bond. Up next, we look at two of the presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, and how their policies would affect NC State students. The crowd roared outside the Raleigh Memorial Auditorium in downtown yesterday afternoon. Thousands came out to hear Senator Bernie Sanders at a rally capping off a week of visits from other presidential candidates. 
There were people of all ages, but the overwhelming majority were young people. Sam Shane is a freshman at NC State and has already voted for Sanders. This man is a father figure for the whole entire country, in my opinion. He's somebody who has served diligently to the people, and he's making sure to represent us all equally. He cares about what he's preaching, unlike a lot of politicians that are on the stage um, and that are advocating for things that they've either flip-flopped on or that they themselves are only doing because they want more votes. And I really do believe in what Bernie is offering up, and I believe in his platform. And I think that if we elect him, and he does indeed become president, he will stand by what he's been talking to everyone about, and he will make sure that it happens. Shane said he was just hoping to catch a glimpse of the senator. But if he got to meet him... If I, if I had the opportunity to shake his hand, I'd look him in the eye and tell him thank you. Because whether or not he wins the presidency, he's, he's started a revolution. The message of political revolution was echoed during Sanders' speech to the crowd that couldn't get into the packed auditorium. North Carolina can help lead this country toward a political revolution. Aisha Dew is the North Carolina State Director for the Sanders campaign. We met in a coffee shop in downtown Raleigh. She came straight from the rally. I think there were about 5,000 people. There were about, I guess, 2,000 people that were in the space, and um, I understand there were about 3,000 people on the lawn. And the senator was uh, nice enough to go out and speak to the people on the lawn before he uh, did the speech inside. Dew has been running the North Carolina operations for just three months, but was a Bernie supporter long before that. I've supported him from a lot for a long time because he is uh, the candidate who's always resonated more with my beliefs. Um, I will say that I really appreciate his position on um, social justice, on um, access to education, and also health care. Um, he did an interview recently and uh, Someone asked him what made people entitled to health care, and he said being human. And I think that's the core and the base of who he is. He's a person who believes that you deserve uh, to, to have a, a healthy life and uh, to be able to work and make a living because you're a human and, and an American, and there don't, you don't have to have additional qualifiers. However, the odds are stacked against the Vermont senator. Clinton has over twice the delegates heading into the Tuesday primary. But Dude does see a path to victory. Um, he needs to win delegates in the states on Tuesday. Um, also, I think there's an opportunity to get some of the uncommitted um, superdelegates and delegates that uh, will make the decision for the convention. So uh, we just have to keep working. And um, overall, we need to turn out our voters. When we have high turnout, we win and therefore we win the delegates for that state. So we just have to keep uh, a, strong a, a strong ground game and turn people out. And do wants young people to know? Um, in this election, young voters can make the difference. I also spoke on the phone with two people campaigning for Secretary Hillary Clinton. This is Eric Holder. I'm the former Attorney General of the United States uh, and a big supporter of Hillary Clinton. As well as? I'm Representative Larry D. Hall. I represent District 29 in the North Carolina House of Representatives. I'm the Democratic leader in the North Carolina House of Representatives. 
On Thursday, Clinton held a rally at Hillside High School in Durham, a high school that is in Hall's congressional district. Many members of my family attended that high school, and it's in my district, the district I represent, so I was particularly proud to be on the program to welcome folks and uh, to really endorse uh, Senator Clinton or Secretary Clinton. And um, it was a great event. A lot of people were excited for her to come to our community. She's been here before, of course, but not to that particular location. According to Hall, Clinton spoke about her education policies while at the high school. And if elected president, Hall says she would work to make it easier to afford college for those who need help the most. Well, she's been very uh, supportive of the policies that President Obama has advocated. And one of them, of course, is to uh, make it easier to attend college, to reduce the cost, et cetera. I think one of her major points she has made is, as we talk about those who have the most, getting the most out of the system without paying their fair share, she has talked more about, let's make sure the students who need help the most get help the most and get help first. And if that means the allocation of resources so those in need are able to get funding so they can achieve versus those who don't need any help, she's committed to say, I'll help make those hard policy decisions to advocate for the least of these. For those who need help the most, they should get it, and they should get it first. Former Attorney General Eric Holder echoed that, but adding that she would work to make sure young people had the space to explore different career paths without the burden of student loans. Um, and I, I think she's really focused on making sure that um, young people have opportunities, uh, have choices that they can make so that they can find ways in which they can give back to our, our, our great country, uh, to experiment early on in their um, work lives with a variety of different jobs, and not be concerned with only making money to pay back um, you know, these high rates of, uh, of college loans. Uh, it's something that's an unfair burden um, on our young people, and something that, uh, uh, as I said, that she has a plan uh, to, to address that issue. Another issue dogging college campuses is how sexual assaults are handled. According to Holder, Obama has made progress, but there is still more to go. Yeah, I, I think you know. I think we made a lot of progress in on that issue in the Obama administration. I, I think she would continue the emphasis, the focus um, on that issue. This, for too long, um, has been something that we have not dealt with uh, in a way that we should have. We're talking about the issue now. Uh, there are policy proposals that are in place now. Uh, there is a, an indication that, you know, certain conduct that was acceptable in the past is no longer acceptable now. Uh, and again, these are the kinds of issues that Hillary has focused on um, all her life. The protection of women uh, when it comes to sexual assault, uh, wherever that occurs, but in particular, you know, where it uh, occurs on the, in the educational environment in, 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 on college campus. Both Hall and Holder cite her decades of experience as making her the most qualified candidate in the field. Uh, I think Hillary Clinton is, is the one who stands head and shoulders above uh, all, all, of the, all of the other ones. But Holder said that there's also a side of her that we don't get to see too often. Oh, you know, I, I think back to, um, she has a sense of humor. I, I think it doesn't, for some reason, come out uh, when she's in, in public as often as, as I think it should. And I can remember just sitting with her in the, the situation room. Somebody would say something that was really a little off the wall, um, and she'd kind of give me a look or she'd write me a note, and uh, we'd get a good laugh uh, about something. But uh, 
so those are the kinds of things. I just remember her as, you know, I know her um, as a person of, of, of good humor who can be serious, you know, when, when that's appropriate. But she's just a well-rounded person who I think um, if you knew her well, you, you know, people would, would like her a, a, a great deal. According to WUNC, more than 1,500 people came to see Secretary Clinton in Durham. For those who tuned in a little later, this is a special edition of Eye on the Triangle, a special election edition. And I just wanted to reiterate that unfortunately, none of the Republican campaigns, not Kasich, Trump, Rubio, nor Cruz, responded to repeated requests for interviews. So... Just so you guys know, go vote. Also on the ballot for Wake County are the primary races for the United States Senate and House of Representatives, as well as the primary for governor, the North Carolina Attorney General, the Commissioner of Agriculture, the Commissioner of Insurance, the North Carolina Secretary of State, and the Superintendent of Public Instruction. So Tuesday is about more than just president. It's about many of the public offices that directly impact your life. Again, I don't care how you vote, and really, neither, do, neither does Eric Holder. I would urge everybody there to get out and, um, and vote. Uh, vote for Hillary Clinton, certainly that would be my primary hope, but to make sure that um, in a state that has put up uh, you know, some recent barriers to people getting out there and having an opportunity to exercise that most fundamental of American rights, the right to vote, um, that people get out there uh, and cast their ballots and really shape the... Um, the fate of our, of our country. We just want you to get out and vote. I'd like to thank Eric Holder, uh, Representative Larry Hall, Aisha Du, Sam Shane, as well as Brad Cohn and Ted Fitzgerald for contributing. As always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know on Twitter at WKNC underscore EOT. And be sure to check out our blog and podcast at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next Wednesday right here on WKNC. And you can vote in the primary elections on Tuesday, March 15th from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Mirtha Donastorg. <laughs>